We're so glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message from Bethel Worship Center. Uh, We pray that it blesses you wherever you are in your faith journey. Uh, We do want to let you know that we are open. Our campus is open. Uh, We invite you to go to bwccamden.com. You can find out everything that we're offering right now at this time and in this season. So make sure to, to, to go there and find the ways that you can stay up to date with everything happening at Bethel Worship Center. But again, Uh, Wherever you are in your faith journey, whether you are uh, exploring more about faith, learning who Jesus is, learning about God, uh, you're new in your walk with Jesus Christ, or you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, we pray that today's message blesses you, it encourages you, it equips you. So God bless you. Thank you again for taking part. As we stay in this moment, I just want to read the scripture that we're going to take off from today. from the gospel of John. It's his account and a part in in Jesus' earthly ministry. When Jesus is doing ministry, the disciples think Jesus needs something to eat and Jesus takes it and turns it into a teaching moment with them. It's in John chapter 4, verse 31. It says this. It says, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replies, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. And then they say, did someone bring him food while we were gone? And Jesus exclaimed, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know, oftentimes with Jesus, He would say things and it would kind of leave the disciples and even us when we read it scratching our head. But there's something deeper to what Jesus was saying when he was teaching them. And I think that there's something deeper too here that Jesus is saying and that he's getting at. And I want us to look at this morning. And and I believe just from this passage, from the context of Jesus' life and everything that he did and everything that he taught, that what I want us to see, what I want us to get this morning is oftentimes our focus in life is what can we get for ourselves? And Jesus taught and Jesus demonstrated that our focus shouldn't be solely on what we can get for ourselves, but what can we give of ourselves for others? Because that's doing the will of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for what you teach us. We thank you for what you have shown us. We thank you that your word is active and living and that it penetrates us, God. When we read it, there's something new in it. There's a new revelation that we can get all the time, God. So we thank you today for your word. We thank you for this time that we've had to worship you. And we pray that it's prepared our hearts today to receive from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, I am not a big shopper. I'll just let you know that about me. I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not, I don't go shopping a lot. Um, I I do occasionally get things. If those who know me think that I don't shop because I don't like to spend money, that may be part of the truth. But, um, but also I just, you know, sometimes I'll get an itch and we'll go. But, uh, but I'll tell you this, one, as someone that just doesn't like to shop and likes to be able to just get what I need when I need it, when I want it. I am a huge fan now of online shopping, especially Amazon. 
I don't know about you. I don't know. We got any Amazon people in there? You know, okay, look, at, look, Amazon is taking over the world, all right? We'll pray for them. All right, so, you know, but, but it's, there's just something about being able to have the thought, you know what, I need more of this. And sit down, pull it, my phone, my iPad, search, click, order, and in just a couple of days, maybe even one day, it'll be at my door. I mean, that's glorious, you know? God gave who Jeff Bezos or whoever his friend was, gave them incredible wisdom. So thank you, God, for giving them wisdom to be able to operate that and put that into effect, right? I mean, I, I, I love it. Now, I'm not the person that has Amazon boxes coming to my door all the time. I know some of those people <laughs> that have Amazon stuff all the time coming, you know? And I'm thankful that I don't have a wife like that. And I know if, I'm, I'm not saying that because you pointed, brother. I'm just, I, <laughs> that's awkward that I just said that. And my man's down here. Like, <laughs> I know them. I, I love them. Um, but, I'm, I, you know, I, I don't come home. My wife ain't got boxes at her door, you know. So that's good for our marriage. But, um, but, but I do love Amazon. Another thing I love. Let me move on because I'm digging a hole. One, one thing I do love. Grocery pickup. Now, I've got some in my family, my brother, my mom, they tell me that's lazy. I think it's just smart. All right? I mean, it's, you, uh, because I, we, every, you know, we make our list like most people do, even if you go to the store. But then I can sit in my recliner, right? And I can just go through and order what I need to order while I'm watching TV. And then at a determined time, I just show up and somebody brings my groceries to me. Man, it's, I, that's what heaven's going to be like, I think, right? I mean, it's just, that's just awesome, right? That is it's, it's phenomenal to be able to have this type of stuff in our world today. Here's, here's a problem, though, that I want to hit at and I want us to think about this morning. The consumer mindset that we have in our life and in our world, we cannot have the consumer mindset in everything that we're a part of. And I want to say this too, even when we consume, even when we're in a place as a consumer, our mindset and the characteristics of who we are, the fruit of the spirit should be front and center in our life, not the fruit of a consumer, that mindset, all right? Now, my kids will get mad at me sometimes because I don't want to go get in a drive-through line that I say that's going to take forever. Right? I'm not going to get in that line. And they'll say, well, you're supposed, to have, you're supposed to have patience, Dad. You're supposed to have the fruit of the Spirit, Dad. And so then I say to them, yeah, but I'm not putting myself into a place where I can have a stumbling block and that's going to cause me to be offended and then sin. That's what's happening here. That's what's going on in this place. Right? Also, I don't want to spend money right now. But anyway, you know, we want, when we're in a place to consume, the fruit of the Spirit should be front and center in our life, right? But in our, in our culture, cons- consumerism and the consumer mindset has become more than just a hobby. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of living. In fact, cons- the consumer mindset, consumerism has been defined as living to consume, not just consuming to live. And there's a difference. When we consume to live, we, we do what we need to do to have what we need to have to get by and to do. But when we are 
are, are we're living to consume our mindset. That's all it is. And it's all, what can I get for me? What can I do for me? We go back to this passage of John chapter 4 when the disciples come to Jesus. And, and there's nothing wrong with what the disciples are approaching Jesus about. They're doing what your mom used to do to you. You've got to get some food in your belly, right? You need, the, you need the nutrients. You need the energy to keep going, to keep moving forward, to keep doing what you're doing. So there's nothing wrong with what the disciples are saying. But Jesus says, I, I'm good. I, I'm good. I don't need anything. I, I have food. And then it's kind of humorous to, to, to look at them. They're like, wait. Who did you go get him something to eat? I didn't get him. Who else is taking care of you? Who's taking care of Jesus? And we don't know about it. Peter, you always kissing Jesus's tail. Did you go get something and bring it back to him? Right. Did you trying to get James and John? They always argued. We want to be first. Who's going to get a sin at your right hand? James and John, y'all did it. Didn't you? You ain't got food. No, Jesus. Then Jesus explains to him. Jesus says, listen, my food is more than this. Now, obviously Jesus as a man, he needed food to eat. They ate, right? But this is where he gets deeper. And he says, what brings me joy, what brings me gratitude, or, 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 or you know, what, what makes me happy, what, what allows me to do what I'm doing is to do the will of God. It's not just to get for myself, it's to do the will of God. And I think even Paul, Paul in Philippians chapter 2, I love Philippians chapter 2. It's one of... You know, I just love this passage of scripture. And, and Paul addresses this whole mindset. I believe he's addressing what we would call a consumeristic mindset today. And he says in Philippians chapter 2, when he writes this letter to the church of Philippi, uh, verses 3 through 4, he says this. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. And in verse 4, he says, don't look out only for your own interests but take an interest in others too. And just before these verses, he's telling them we need to have the same mind as Christ, that we need to be like Christ, to be like Jesus. That was the mindset of Jesus. That's who he was. That's what he did. But see, our life, what happens is we have a lot of, it's natural for us to be selfish, to think first and foremost on what I can get for myself more than what I can do for others and what I can give to others. That's natural. But, but, but we need to fight against that selfishness that's in us. And we need to say, no, what can I do for someone else? And another thing that, that keeps us from that is, is busyness in our life. We're constantly busy with our own schedule that we're too busy to put others ahead of ourselves. So, you know, what do we need to do to slow down? You know, when you look at the life of Jesus, one of the things that is about Jesus that we can learn from, oftentimes we look at what Jesus did and we learn from what Jesus did, but how often do we look at how many times Jesus stopped? He stopped in the crowd or he stopped when he saw something. He stopped when he saw an opportunity to minister to someone else, to be a blessing to someone else, to help them in their time of need. I'm just as guilty as anybody else. I have an extremely busy schedule with, you know, what we do here and with my family. They keep me very active. But how often do I stop when I need to stop? When God is opening up a door and saying, hey, 
Let's consider this more than yourself right now. See, we want to be a church that serves with selflessness. And we've been talking over these last few weeks about who we are at the core, our values. These are things that represent us and have, have for years, but we're just putting sentences to them. We, we looked a few weeks ago and said we want to love with no conditions like Jesus loved. You know, we, Pastor Brian talked last week that we want to worship with wonder, Right? And I love when he was explaining the universe and he was talking about the fact that God, that, that stars are, are still being formed, that, that things are still being created. And you know what that said to me? If that's happening, God's still speaking. If God's, we should worship this God with wonder. But we want to be a church that serves with selflessness also. George Barna he made this statement. He said, we are a designer society. We want everything customized to fit our personal needs. Clothing, our food, our education. Now, it's our religion. It's our faith. Think about it. We, we fall into a lot of this. You know, I've already told you how I like my, the, the food and all that customized for me. Clothing, I can get that online too. Education... Online education is extremely easy to, to take part of. We do it at our schedule, our time frame. But now we're throwing faith into that as well, how we follow Christ and how we follow God. But there's nothing that Jesus teaches that lines up with that mindset. And we need to be careful not to, all those things, those, those, the, uh, having all the clothes and the food, and all, those are good things. Those are nice things to have. But we can't let our cultural things that we love blend with the gospel and what the gospel teaches us. Because what happens if we have a consumer mindset, consumer Christianity turns our faith into a commodity. And then God and his church just becomes their sole purpose. And the reason that God exists, the reason the church exists is to make me happy. To bring me pleasure. To do something for me. And, and, it, and it becomes what can we get out of it for ourselves. And it, it becomes just a place where we receive therapy to help us feel a little bit better. Rather than a place that we experience transformation and walk in a new life. You know, when we make faith a commodity, it no longer has influence over us. It no longer has influence over us. So what, what we have now, what we see it as is it's something that we can get rid of when we don't need it and we don't want it. We can take what we want from it, or we can change it if we need to, to fit our needs and to fit ourselves. C.S. Lewis wrote a book years ago called The Screwtape Letters. And in his book, Screwtape Letters, it's, it's, got a, it's got a demon by the name of Screwtape. And he's raising up his protege, Wormwood. This is his nephew. And he's teaching Wormwood what he needs to do to, to trick, to, to get their patient, is what they call him. It's a wayward soul, right? Doing what we need to do to convince our patient to begin to follow our Lord below. Right, And so he begins to talk to him about what we need to do to cure our patient of church going. 
Because if someone's going to church and they're buying into what the church, what's happening at the church, then they're constantly hearing scripture. They're constantly having their, their life encouraged. Remember we said we want to grow together with hunger. So they're getting around others and they're growing together in the word of God. And all this is inspiring them, not for our Lord below, it's for the God above. And so we don't want to do that. So he's saying, what can we do to cure them of church going? So he writes these words as screw tape telling Wormwood. And he says this, if a man can't be cured of church going, the next best thing is to send him all over the neighborhood looking for the church that suits him until he becomes a taster or connoisseur of churches. That was years ago when he wrote those letters, that, that, that book, years ago. I believe that was very prophetic because it's even more so now today You know, being a pastor in in the church for over 20 years, I've heard this type of terminology, these phrases. I've heard it, and and please, if if you've ever said that, I don't don't know who's in this room as far as what's been said. So this is not confrontational, judgmental. I'm just saying what I've heard before, and I want you, if you've said it, then this completely coincident. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find a church. I'm looking at a church for a church that's going to meet our needs. Or I can't stay at this church anymore because it's no longer meeting my needs. It's no longer meeting our family's needs. We cannot, and Jesus is teaching this. Jesus is teaching his disciples this. We cannot look at our faith and what is a part of our faith. And the church is a part of our faith. We've talked about that. We cannot look at that from the lens and from the eyes of how well they are feeding me. My nourishment, Jesus says, comes from doing the will of God. So our nourishment doesn't come from how well I'm getting fed. I need to get fed. I just need to go somewhere where I'm going to get fed. What are you doing? Because I think Jesus will look at us and say, you're going to get fed more if you start doing more. What What if God called you to a church to help you meet needs that aren't being met yet? What if God has you a part of church to just help the church get better at meeting the needs that they're meeting? Let let me ask the question this way. And and, And you can pose the question this way for yourself. Am I only benefiting from what the church offers? Or am I contributing to what the church offers? I, please know my heart and know that I, we've got a giving, loving group of people that serve in here today. So I am not in any way, this is not a way to, I'm not laying a hammer down. But please don't think that's my mind, that's my heart today. I just want us to see God's word and for us to know what, what he's showing us and what he's teaching us and what he wants us to do. I had a gentleman come sit in my office the other week, 70 years old. And he said, Javen, you know, I'm old, but I feel like God wants me to do this. And he was talking to me about some things that he felt like God was leading him to do. 
He said, now, I know that sounds crazy right now at this point in my life. He said, but I don't want to die just with a fishing rod in my hand. I admired him for saying that. He said, I'm retired. I can go sit at my house. I can sit by the pond and do what I want to do. And, you know, I don't have to worry about anything else. But I don't believe that's what God created me to do. As long as he's got me living, I believe he wants me doing. I was floored. God, give us all, myself included, that mindset. Give us that heart. Think again about what C.S. Lewis said through, those, through the words of screw tape in that book. We become a taster and a connoisseur. What happens when we become a taster and a connoisseur of something? We become a critic of it, don't we? We become very critical. But listen, that can happen even if we're apart and even if we serve and even if we do. I have this horrible knack about me that any time I'm a part of anything, I'm always looking at it, how can this be better? You know, maybe that's a gift. Sometimes it's a curse, though, because I can't, I'm sitting there thinking in my mind, well, I think this could be run a lot better right now. Instead of just enjoying what I'm a part of. But when we serve and we we even, even when we have this criticalness that comes up in us, I think it's that time that we need to do some introspection too. And when you say, why, why is this coming up in me? Am I approaching this from the fact that I want to help get better? Or, or am I approaching it from a different angle? Do I want to be constructive or do I want to be destructive with how I critique? Do I want to come from a, from a heart of let's get better? Or do I come from a, from a heart of arrogance that thinks I know better? You know, you, we go back to Paul's words. He wrote in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 to 15. Look at what he says here. He says, do everything without complaining and arguing. We love that verse, don't we? So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. So when we do what we do with joy and with love, and yeah, we can even help each other get better at times, but when we do it in the right spirit, our light shines bright. And that's what God is calling us to do. Jesus was constantly teaching and showing his his disciples that our drive should not be to consume. It should be to be contributors. We want to be contributors, not just consumers. We want to be a place that serves with selflessness. Just real quick, I I want to look at some characteristics, some things, the differences between a consumer and a complainer. I want you to look at this list and just think, all right, which one of these do I want to describe me? Contributors encourage. Consumers complain. Contributors empower or help make better. Consumers criticize. Contributors sacrifice. Consumers hoard. Contributors forgive. Consumers hold grudges. Contributors work together. Consumers compete. We're against each other. Contributors engage. Consumers take. Contributors generously give. Uh, consumers pay to own. Contributors love people. Consumers love things. And I would even add they love using people. So which one of those sounds like someone you would want to be? A contributor or a consumer? To battle this mindset, to battle this mindset, 
we have, to, we have to constantly remember that life is not about striving and getting. It's about serving and giving. And Jesus was the perfect example of this. Even in Mark's gospel, in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, they're arguing. This is one of those places where they're arguing, who's going to be right, your right and your left? He says, Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. He was God. His disciples knew that. John wrote about it. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was the Word, and now he is God in human flesh, walking on this earth with him. We should be laying down everything for this God, this creator of the universe, but he's laying down everything for us. Even in chapter 2 of Philippians that I've referenced, Paul says we need to be like Christ who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but became lower. He exemplified this. Life's not about striving and getting. It's about serving and giving. Think about how often we strive and we strive and we strive. We work hard. We work hard to obtain, to get. There's things that we need to do that for in our life, but it becomes so great in our life that we're constantly trying to obtain, constantly trying to get, constantly trying to get, when we should be trying to look to see how we can better serve and give. Because Jesus taught us that we should love. We talked about it when we said we need to love like Jesus, love with no conditions. And oftentimes love is spelled S-E-R-V-E or is spelled G-I-V-E because you can't love others without at some point in time serving and giving to them. You can't love God without serving and giving your life to him and for him. You can't love others without serving and giving. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a follower of Christ, you need to know today You are gifted. You have a gift in you. You are called. You are set apart to use your gift to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Peter, when he wrote his letter to the Jews in 1 Peter 4, verse 10, he wrote these words. He says, God has given each each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So each one in here, you have a gift. Use them well to do what? Get more for yourself? Pull a Pastor Casey here. Add the wrong words to the scripture. He did that to make a point, not to preach it that way. <laughs> we, we use our gifts to further ourselves. We use our gifts to work our way up the ladder. We use our gifts to serve one another. Leverage what God has given you to benefit someone else. You know, we, so, so we need to see, go ahead and throw that next image up there, Wyatt. We need to see what we have is this. Now think about it. I want you to think about this. When, when you were little and your birthday was coming around or Christmas or whatever holiday that your family gave gifts on, I I mean, there's so many nowadays. When you saw those gifts and you saw your name on that gift, I bet you got excited. Ooh, I got a gift. You get excitement builds when you know I'm about to get a gift. 
as you grow older, you kind of see that excitement transition some in your life. Maybe, hopefully. That it transitions from the gift that you're about to get now to the gift that you're about to give. I don't know how many of you get excited when it's, it, it, parents, hopefully you get excited when you give your child a gift because you, you've, you've got, you can't wait to see the joy on their face when they receive what you've gotten for them. It just brings you joy. So I want to think about that this morning. When people see you, do they get excited about the gift that's coming in their presence? And do you get excited about giving that gift? to someone else. Your act of service is a gift that's been given to you and it's a gift for someone else. And you also need to know this, there is no insignificant gift. There's no such thing as an insignificant gift. One gift is no greater than another because they all serve the same purpose. A seemingly insignificant gift or a seemingly insignificant willingness to do, to serve, can open a door that brings down giants that's holding those around you captive. Now you think about, and we're about to wrap up, you think about the story of David. Even if you are not a Christian, you've never opened your Bible you've probably heard the story of David and Goliath. It's referenced in every underdog story, right? But the scripture and history tells us that David, you know, David didn't go to those front lines. His purpose was not to fight Goliath. That's not why he went down there. Maybe you know why he went down there. He went down there toting some cheese, carrying some cheese to his brothers, doing what daddy told him to do. And when he got there, he started realizing the oppression that was around his people while he served. And his act of service opened up a door for him. David was in a position to do something great because his posture was one of service. Our position is not what defines our service. It's our posture. It's our heart. And David just went down with a heart to serve as his daddy had asked him to do. And then the king tried to put his own armor on David. Well, if you think you can go out there and fight him, you need to wear my armor. And David put it on. He said, I can't do this. I can't do this. David didn't bring down giants because he wore somebody else's armor. He brought down giants because he just worked in the gift that his creator had given him. And the door to work in the gift that his creator had given him was open because he was willing to serve. Do you see the connection? Do you see the way God works and the way God does? What would it look like if every person who calls Bethel their church and Bethel the place where they congregate with a part of the body and the bride of Christ, what would it look like if we all came running to the first front lines with just this heart to say, what can I do to help accomplish the will of God? 
Jesus, when he taught us to pray, he said, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, what can I do to meet and accomplish your will on this earth? So what, what can we do? That, this is, I just want you to think today. You may be doing this, a lot of you are. But what can I do today to serve in God's church? But to not just serve in God's church, to serve as God's church. Because I never know what act of service can open up a door to bring down some giant that's holding where I live and the people where I live under some form of oppression. So are we serving with selflessness? So here's my practical step for you today. And here's what I would say for you. To think about this and to think, okay, if I'm not doing this, if I need to do better, if I need to find something, then we want to help you, you know? We, we want to do what we can to help you. Uh, again, this, I'm going to reference technology. If you're the no adapter, call us. We'll help you. But you can, you can go online. You can go on our website. It's just bfccanon.com forward slash volunteer. If you go to the homepage, click the central hub, you'll get to it. It looks like this. You're going to see ways you can serve in the church. You'll see ways you can serve through us in the community. And we can even help you serve beyond. But when you look at those ways, that big gray, black button, whatever color that is. I don't know. I might be colorblind. I thought it was gray online. But anyway, click here to begin your volunteer journey. And then you'll, you'll get started. We'll help you. We'll help you get started. You'll see things that it even gives you a description. You like to be front and center? This might be for you. You like to be behind the scenes? This might be for you. You like kids? This probably isn't for you. No, yeah, this is for you if you like kids. Right? So we want to do what we can to help you use your gift that God has given you. And also today, now when I say this, don't go running out the door saying, it's a setup, it's a setup. No. Some of our volunteer leaders are going to be put, they're going to be under, at tables under canopies, and they're there just to help answer questions. They're not going to be like the people in those, key, those mall center aisle kiosk things that you're walking out. Hey, can I ask you a question? Can, have, you done, have you tried this cologne? Squirt, squirt? No, it's, they're not those people, right? They're not out there to chase you down, to hunt you down, to pester you, to bother you. Go get your food, enjoy your food, enjoy hanging out, play some cornhole with your kids, bounce in the bounce house, whatever. But they're there. If you see that table and you're like, you know, I've thought God's been stirring in me. Let me go just talk to somebody who serves in that area and find out a little bit more about that area. Because maybe maybe I can serve and maybe I can work there. Or at least I can try and see, is this somewhere God wants to use me? And if at the very least, contact us at the church. One of us pastors will be glad to talk to you and try to help you figure out the best way you can serve in the church or as the church in our community because we want to be a place that's known in Camden in Lugolf and Elgin and Cassett and Bishopville and Kershaw just Kershaw County forgive me if I forgot your place we want to be known as a church those people there serve with selflessness God let that be us stand with me this morning Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this moment today and for this time. 
I thank you for the opportunity to dive into your word. I thank you for what you taught us through Jesus. And not only just what you taught us with words, but what you demonstrated with action. God, it always means something to me when someone tells me that I'm not asking you to do something that I don't want to do. I'm asking you to do something that I do as well. Jesus did just that. He's not asking us to do something he wasn't willing to do and even go to extremes for. God, help us to be a part of the will of God. And that's by doing your will. Help our mindset to always be, God, what can I do to be fed over what can I get to be fed? God, help us to be a people that serve with selflessness. I pray today as we hang out after church, enjoy some time of fellowship together and some fun, just being in one another's presence. I pray that you'll just honor that time. Help us to have a good time today, God. Help us to enjoy conversation together. And I pray for these businesses that are represented today. I pray that they will be blessed. I pray that it'll be a good experience for them. And I pray now for the food that we'll partake today. Pray that it'll bless our bodies to serve you. So as we consume today, help us think, how can we be better contributors? In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccamden.com. Go to our contact page. You'll find a link there to request prayer or send us anything that you would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566. And we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.